We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the show. How we doing tonight? We had a little snafu <laughs> uh, with the scheduling of the show this evening. Glad to have you with us, though. IB Nation Sports Talk is up and running. I accidentally, when I scheduled the live stream, I accidentally, I think it was by default, like said 7.05, and I forgot to change it to 6 o'clock. So, you know, we caught it just before the show was getting ready to start so we are here we are up up and running and we're nine days away from notre dame and ohio state baby how you feeling about that right now um i'll I'll kind of fill you in as we go uh, about how today's show is going to go it's going to be a little bit different Uh, final media viewing of practice this afternoon over at notre dame that we will get before the season. So really it's the last media viewing of practice that we're going to get until either Notre Dame goes to a bowl game or spring practice next year. You know, one of those two things, that's the next time we'll actually get to watch a practice. So um, the big thing today and yesterday as well, cornerback Cam Hart, who we talked about minor injury. He was out of practice. I guess that would have been Monday. He was back at practice yesterday so I'm break up a pass, excuse me, uh, going through some position drills at the start of practice, or uh, right before we left practice yesterday, uh, he broke up a pass and in, in, a, in a one-on-one drill at the end of the media availability that we had yesterday. So, you know, he looked like he was moving around really well. So that is great news. And he was back out there once again today. I know, Vigo, I'm very sorry. I, uh, you know, like I said, I, uh, I, I had a, I had a little glitch in my giddy up today, uh, getting the, the show scheduled. I scheduled it an hour later than we usually do. And, and Hey, we're here. That's all that matters right now. Right. So, Hey, by the way, speaking of, we've got a new show coming up for you this Saturday morning, mentioned it a little bit yesterday. IB countdown to kickoff. We're going to be on every Saturday morning for about two hours, starting at 10 AM this Saturday during the college football season. So Vince and I are going to uh, start it this Saturday. We'll uh, make for, you know, some season predictions and all that kind of stuff for the Fighting Irish, kind of preview the college football season as well as for Notre Dame. You know, take a look at some of the top games around the nation and all that kind of stuff. So join us starting this Saturday, 10 o'clock this Saturday morning, Irish 
breakdown on the Irish Breakdown channel, IB Countdown to Kickoff. We've got that coming up, and we'll be doing it at 10 o'clock live every Saturday morning uh, throughout the college football season. So we'll be doing it that, you know, at then, no matter what. Thank you very much, Anthony. He says he loves the show no matter what time it starts. Usually we start on time. See, that's what happens. I didn't do a show yesterday. I was over at practice. Brian did the special commitment show, and it's like I take one day off, and I don't don't even know how to schedule a show anymore when I come back. But uh, hey, if you haven't already, subscribe to our YouTube channel. You'll be alerted whenever there's a live show, and hopefully have we have the right time most of the time. Smash the like button in the meantime, rate, review, comment, all that good stuff to help out Irish Breakdown. So uh, again. IB countdown to kickoff, 10 o'clock Saturday mornings throughout the season, starting with this Saturday. We will be here. Uh, Brian will be jumping in for a little bit with us as well. It'll mostly be Vince and I, but Brian will always be on with us on Saturdays for um, a segment or two as well. So going to do things a little bit differently today. We've uh, I've got two guys with me. Jesse and I are going to start it up, and then Bobby's going to join me here in a little bit for rapid fire so we're breaking it up just a little bit today and uh let's just get going and and bring in jesse and and uh we you know we've got some breakdown stuff to talk about right now well we didn't have a show yesterday because of the recruiting commitment the irish got and um you know he had to get his notre dame football fix jesse did so he's with me here today how are we doing today jesse I'm doing good. It's Thursday, uh, Friday Eve, payday Eve. Uh, have a work <laughs> All of the above. Hour. Yeah, so there's a lot of things uh, working in my favor. It's been a tough week work-wise, working on a project that's really not a lot of fun, but sometimes you just got to get through it. So Got to grind it. Got to grind it. That's right. <laughs> no just one like else gonna... wanted to do it, but here, <laughs> here I am grinding away on it. So Someone has to. Someone well, has to. just nine days to go. We got to grind through these next days till we get to Notre Dame and Ohio State. But in the meantime, we're going to do um, a little Notre Dame, Ohio State, you know, a little bit, little, little bit early. Let's just, let's just start with this. What is one thing that you're most confident in with Notre Dame going into that game next week? You know, the thing that I'm most confident in is that Marcus Freeman is going to have this team mentally uh, and physically prepared to play this game to the highest ability. I think we're going to see a Notre Dame team uh, come out there with a known game plan and with a different mentality. I think that's the big thing that Freeman's been, you know, installing ever since he got here um, and throughout camp is the mentality that he wants his players to play with. And I think we're going to see that really hold true. You know, X's and O's, uh, I don't know how, you know, how they're necessarily going to stack up exactly against Ohio State. Yes, we all know Ohio State has a really good offense. I would say Notre Dame could, you know, take the advantage defensively-wise. Um, and it's just going to be a matter of if Notre Dame can keep up offensively. But I think Notre Dame is going to come in like very well disciplined. They're not going to commit a lot of penalties. And they're going to play really hard, and they're going to play with the mentality that, you know, you have to beat us. Just because it's Ohio State and they're in Columbus, that's not going to affect them. Marcus Freeman is going to have them, you know, like I said, mentally prepared that this is just another football game. You know, they're yes, they're playing Ohio State, but they're going to be prepared uh, to play a really good football team. And like I said, I don't know necessarily how X's and O's are going to be, but I think the thing I'm most confident about is Marcus Freeman having his players uh, prepared to play in a way that I don't think we've seen Notre Dame play uh, in the past. Yes, Brian Kelly was a good coach, and yes, he won games, but I don't think he'll have his, 
he didn't I don't think uh he had his teams prepared to the level that Notre Dame, you know, this Notre Dame team will. I think they're gonna come out and execute at a high level. I think they're gonna execute uh, in, in a way that is, you know, we're not going to back down. I think they're going to be very physical in the trenches. I think that's just part of, you know, going back to what I was saying, Freeman's mentality and the way he wants to play football games. Very mentally uh, dominating as well as very physically dominating throughout the entire game. Trade Coffee sent us two new flavors after my wife filled out their quiz. Big City French Roast from Joe Coffee in New York City and Black Velvet from Atomic Coffee Roasters in Massachusetts. The black velvet was a dark roast with a note of burnt sugar, graham cracker, and malted milk balls. It was a very rich but smooth flavor that reminded her a bit of her favorite dessert, creme brulee. The Big City French roast was also a dark roast, which is right up my wife's alley. And it was flavored with burnt sugar, baking chocolate, and roasted almonds. The smell in the kitchen while she was preparing a cup of coffee put a smile on my face, and she said the taste was even better and sweeter. And she didn't pick these flavors. They were chosen by Trade after she filled out a short quiz. you got to give this a try. And Trade Coffee connects customers to the freshest and best-tasting coffee they've ever made at home by partnering with the country's best craft roasters. These are independent businesses from big cities and small towns. Trade customers are truly impactful for these independent roasters, often being the largest source of new growth for them. Trade's coffee team actually taste tests thousands of coffees to keep 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every day. There's no one perfect coffee, but there is a perfect coffee for you and Trade's human-powered algorithm will find it. Trade is so confident they'll match you right the first time that if they don't, they'll take your feedback and an actual coffee expert will work with you to send you a brand new bag for free. Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping and handling when you go to drinktrade.com forward slash Irish. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com forward slash Irish and let Trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com forward slash Irish for $30 off. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We got to talk to Michael Mayer yesterday after practice, and he was asked about going into Ohio Stadium and the noise and the you know all that different stuff and you know, if he'd been there for a game and all these different things, he's like, <laughs> I don't care about any of that. He said, you know, when I get on the field, I don't hear any of that that crowd noise. None of that stuff 
affects me at all. You know, I, I could be playing anywhere and it doesn't matter. I'm just out there playing football. I wonder, you know, you haven't played in a in a stadium that big, but I'm, like, do you think most people, most football players feel that way? Or do you, you know, do you think that there is impact overall or some is going to going to feel that crowd noise in the environment maybe more than others do you think when they go in there yeah i think it's it, it can be a factor i won't lie i think the biggest time you see that is when you first step on the field you know you, you see the fans you're going through warm-ups you you feel kind of like the the the, the dauntingness of the you know the field and the, the environment on you but once the game starts it, everything kind of just goes black you know you, you're so hyper focused on your keys and your reads and everything else going on, you know, on the actual field of play that you kind of have tunnel vision and you, you block out kind of everything else that's going around in the stadium. And I think that's a lot easier for a guy like Michael Mayer because he's older. He's played since he was a freshman. He's played at a high level since he's been a freshman, but I don't think it'll be as easy for some of these freshmen, you know, or maybe, you know, red shirt freshmen or, you know, red shirt sophomores that haven't necessarily played as much, that's where it's going to be hard because this is their first potential, you know, first college game as a starter, and you're going into a big stadium like the Shoe uh, against a high opponent. It's easy to say that those things can be accomplished, but when you actually have to do it for the first time, I think you'll see a little bit uh, of a lag kind of in that respect. But for for guys like Michael Mayer, some of the more experienced, you know, Foskey, uh, Bertrand, those kind of guys, it's going to be kind of second nature for them. It's It's easy to kind of put the blinders on and just focus on football once you're on the field and the game has, has started. Here's the, I'm most confident in right now. Now it's not necessarily what I'm most confident in, but I'm very confident that Notre Dame is going to run the ball much better than they ran the ball last year. It was a yes. major issue last year, only 4.1 yards per carry and a little over 143 yards per game. We've talked about these, running backs so we're going to talk about some of these backs and in, in something else that we're going to talk about more in the passing game here in a minute but we've talked about these running backs i really like what they bring them like audric estime has been so impressive that i think you could see a lot of him in the backfield even with chris tyree on the field at the same time and again we'll talk about that in a little bit but this offensive line man and harry he and just the attitude that they have technically they are so much better, you know, and again, I, I realize that, it, you know, the same eyes can can look at some of these practices and we've only got two full practices to see anything that is pseudo. We didn't get to see the live scrimmage, but I think between the vast improvement you're going to see in this offensive line and Tyler Buckner out there full time and the threat of what he can do, you know, with 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 the RPOs and just just everything else. I think you're going to see a very improved rushing game this season. And in games like this, uh, you know, Ohio State, I think that's going to matter quite a bit. Ohio State, Clemson, USC, BYU, you know, teams that at least theoretically should have the, some of the some of the top defenses Notre Dame is going to see. It's going to matter quite a bit, I think, this season. So that's something I'm very confident in. Yeah, and just kind of piggybacking off some good points you made there. I, I am very confident that Notre Dame is one going to establish the run game. And I think what you were saying against these big opponents like Ohio State, where their offense can score at any second, you have to control the tempo as best as possible. And that starts with, a, you know, with a, a good run game. And I, 
Another thing I'm very confident about is that Notre Dame is going to try to exert their dominance in the trenches. You talked about how they have a very good offensive line. I think this, the same goes for their defensive line. And I'm a big proponent of if you can control the trenches, your offensive line, your defensive line, and you can out-physical some teams and have that mental edge, that's going to very much help them. So if they can control the run game, they can use their physical dominance in the trenches, I think that slows down the game and allows it to not possibly get out of hand because Ohio State is going to hit a big play. They have athletes. They have you know studs. They have a good you know offensive game plan. A big play is going to happen. It's just a matter of will they let that that big play have a domino effect throughout the rest of the game, which they can't. They have to be mentally tough enough to say, okay, that was one play. Now let's come back out and let's have a drive of our own. Let's have a 12, 13 play drive where we're you know grinding out some run plays for six or seven plays, but we're also hitting some pass plays when we need to. I think what you were saying, I think if the Notre Dame is going to have success this year and against Ohio State, they're going to have to establish some sort of run game. Uh, early yep. and often. All right. What's your biggest concern right now? Again, with nine days to go until the opener. Biggest concern you've got with Notre Dame? My biggest concern is when they are forced into passing downs or they need to get a big chunk of yards through the passing game, can they consistently do that? Can they make the play? Can Buckner and his wide receiver corpse make the play when the t- when you know when teams know you're going to be passing or you're in a yeah. heavily favored passing down? Can they get the job done? Can Buckner hit, you know, an important eight, you know, eight yard out route or eight, eight yard curl route or eight yard post route, whatever it might be to get a third and long or, you know, a second and long so they can get a manageable third and short. I think it's very crucial uh, that they are able to execute. Like I said, when teams know they have to pass, I think that's the biggest question. Can they consistently get those chunk plays uh, out of the passing game when they need to? I, I, you know, again, just based on what we've seen at practice, I'm more confident in that than I was a month ago. I'll say that for sure. But I think that that, you know, again, it's like there's there's a difference between practice and for real when when you're seeing a defense for the first time and they surprise you with a blitz or you, different coverage that you weren't expecting, especially when you are a young quarterback. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's legit concern for sure. And, like, as I spin it, you know, if I'm just looking at this Ohio State game, biggest biggest concern on the defense for me is just what's going to happen in that biggest concern on the team is the corners, you know, the safe, you know, the, the, the secondary, the safeties I'm, you know, I'm very confident in, but it's still, you know, like Cam Hart, Tariq Bracey, we know it's there. Clarence Lewis is the, you know, is, is the question that has to be answered, especially when you're looking at Jackson Smith and Jeeva and his over 1600 yards that he had, last year and then you throw in Marvin Harrison Jr. and Julian Fleming and you know CJ Stroud only threw six interceptions last year and completed 72 percent of his passes by and large I think that secondary is going to be better than you know nine basically nine of the 12 teams that they probably play this season it's it's again it comes down to the three biggest games on the schedule how's that secondary going to hold up in those games. And and that is, that is my biggest concern right now. Yeah. I think it's, you know, uh, equally you you could say that the wide receivers and their counterparts, the corners are kind of going to be, you know, the backbone of how far this team will go this season. Can the wide receivers provide enough production on offense and defensively can the corners provide enough to get off the field in certain situations. And I mean, you, you talked about kind of what those wide receivers for Ohio state did last year, 
look at that bowl game that they played. They, you know, it looked like that offense was the same offense and their two wide two NFL wide receivers sat out that game and they didn't yep. miss a step. You know, those guys were still tearing it up. Marvin Harris Jr. Um, and, and Jubo, or I, I know I butchered his name wrong there. And Jiba, uh, <laughs> sorry. You know, those guys had <laughs> incredible games. So it's, it's going to be tough. Those guys, I know they can do it. You know, those wide receivers at Ohio State have proven to be good over the years. Um, and yeah, that's going to be a big question mark going into the game is can those corners slow down uh, those great running backs? Or sorry, wide receivers. Okay, so I wanted to kind of flip something to you today because we're likely to see a ton of different personnel groupings from the Fighting Irish. Like if we flip back around from the Fighting Irish offense this season. So let's go back to your time as a middle linebacker. Look how some and kind of take a look at how some different groupings could force you to have to move your defensive personnel around. So your Notre Dame now. Let's say you've got 21 personnel on the field. So that's two running backs, one tight end out there. Let's go more specific. So you've got Audric Estime in the backfield, Chris Tyree in the slot, Michael Mayer is out. You've got two receivers out as well. So how do you how do you how are you moving the personnel around when you've got 21 personnel, one running back in the backfield and one out in the formation with a tight end also out there? Where where are you shifting everyone? Where's the coverage got to go? And now again, remember Michael Mayer is a big part of this. Yeah, so when you're in 21 personnel, like you talked about, you got two running backs and one tight end. You know, this that's a very kind of broad uh, to you know start with because you could go I formation, you could split your running back out in the slot, like you were talking about. You can put your tight end on the line of scrimmage, you can put them off the line of scrimmage and split them out. Uh, so you know, when we're talking a, a, a tight end split out, you got you know, you got your two wide receivers at the top and bottom, you got a wide, you know, the running back in the slot next underneath your wide receiver on one side, you're gonna have your tight end split out underneath your wide receiver on the other side. What that does defensively is when you have a tight end that is, you know, split out, your your strong safety now kind of has to walk down. And then your linebacker, when he's in the slot, that's gonna that's gonna knock out his alignment or bump out his alignment because he's gonna have to get a hand on that tight end. It, what you know, what what we're gonna call a reroute here is you gotta get a, a hand on that tight end in, in the passing situation, because that gives your strong safety that split second kind of, you know. It, some time to recover slash diagnose the route that's going on. So right. as a linebacker, you're going to have to be split out, you know, and that's assuming one that it's a pass play, you know, first you got to diagnose runner pass. So you're split out, you know, farther away from the box. And now, you know, say that, say a run play does happen. You got to get yourself back into the action quickly in the run box. But if you see a pass, you still have to be able to get out there in time. Like I said, to get your hands on the tight end, a little bit and, and drop into into some coverage and help your your strong safety out and that you know that's that's generally on the tight inside when we're talking on the running back side another again you're gonna have to split your alignment out just a little bit farther you know just in case you know if that if that number one wide receiver goes on a streak and, and that running back just runs a five yard out that linebacker's got to get to him in, in, in that underneath zone so it's really you know 21 personnel can really play to an advantage when you have a running back and a tight end that are good at catching the ball and that are quick. And that is something that Notre Dame has both of. Tyree is very quick. He has good hands. He's shown that he can pass the ball. We all know Michael Mayer is good. He's one of the best tight ends, you know, in college football. So when you split those guys out on 21 personnel, you're going to have to force those outside linebackers out a little bit. You know, most of the time you kind of split the difference with the end guy, your tackle, 
and your tight end. And then that way you can play the run and pass at the same time. But the most crucial part when those guys split out out there is you have to get hands on them as a linebacker. If you don't get hands on them, it's going to put your safeties in a bind and make their job a lot harder. Yeah, I mean, Ohio State, their linebackers um, struggled, you know, liability probably of their defense yes. last year. We'll, you know, we'll see how much Jim Knowles can improve that uh, this year. Do you think that there is any benefit to Knowles? Now, Knowles did not coach for Oklahoma State in the Fiesta, but that was his defense, obviously, that Oklahoma State was using. That was the last game. That Notre Dame played for, you know, so from their perspective, is there any benefit to that, you know, seeing things, how Notre Dame did things last year or are all bets off because now you don't have a statue for a quarterback. You've got Tyler Buckner back there. Yeah. I think kind of things are a little because you have improved offensive line play. You know, you got linemen who are going to stick it to these defensive linemen, give your quarterback more time. And now two to add or another positive in that is you have a mobile quarterback. So one, you're going to have your quarterback's going to have more time and he's going to have more of an ability to escape the pocket or kind of move around in the pocket compared to last year. I think the only advantage, you know, there's no advantage. I don't think to Notre Dame because, you know, Knowles, yes, it's his defense, but I was reading something the other day and this is what, you know, this was uh, when Freeman was talking about Al Golden. I, I, I would like to believe that Knowles is going to come into Ohio state and build his defense around kind of the personnel that he has. So I don't think it's going to be exactly the same as Oklahoma State. He's going to, you know, design it in a way that kind of limits their weaknesses um, and and really tries to bolster their – that they do well. Um, And then offensively, you know, Notre Dame doesn't – not going to look the same as what they did last year. So I don't think that – I think that benefits them because Knowles – yes, there's tape out there, and it it is against the team that he played against and his defense – it's not going to be the same offense that Notre Dame runs this year. Um, and so I think, you know, those things kind of negate each other. I don't think that there's a real big upside uh, to Knowles being at Oklahoma State last year just because of the changes that we're seeing from Notre Dame offensively and then, you know, the changes that Knowles will have to implement to adapt to his personnel at Ohio State. Now, what if it's that same one personnel we were just talking about, but now you've got an empty backfield? Any Any big difference there or, you know, any – you know, again, like as it shifts to the defense, what does the focus become? You know, when you go anti-backfield, you're really eliminating – you can only <laughs> – there's really only a couple run plays you can do out of that. Obviously, see a motion man, you could run some jet sweeps or some end arounds or kind of, you know, some fly some fly run plays on the outside. You're, you're probably not going to run a quarterback draw or quarterback power per se. And so when you have, you know, empty backfield 21 personnel – that really, you only have to have one linebacker kind of in the truly in the box. He's going to be over the center, probably, you know, kind of head up, probably more or less to spy on the quarterback, to be honest with you. He's going to drop in what's called the hole in a pass play, just is really just kind of straight back over the middle of the field. But your your linebackers on an empty set, that's just more that they're going to split themselves out wide. You're going to see them kind of on the outside shade of the tackle more or, you know, the more you go, the the more running backs you take out of the the backfield and you put out on the boundary, that just takes your linebackers and pushes them outwards as well. So I think you'll see you would see a lot of that. You you have to cover, you know, make up for that ground because it is hard for linebackers to cover, you know, these fast running backs on a it's dime. More space they got to defend, right? Yeah, it's more space you got to defend, and you know, obviously, I don't know what coverage you'd be in, and you can run different things, but. You know, maybe there's a coverage where a linebacker has to, you know, be man on man 
on that running back. So it just gives him a little bit of extra help, a couple more steps by widening his splits out a little bit with the empty backfield. Okay, so that's 21 personnel, two backs, one tight end. Let's go to 12. So now you've got Michael Mayer, obviously, out there. I mean, that's pretty much a given. It's like if you're going to have multiple tight ends, <laughs> Michael Mayer's going to be one of them. But you got Mayer and then either Kevin Bauman or Eli Raritan out there. You've got, let's say, Logan Diggs in the backfield plus two receivers out there on the field. So what 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 are we looking at now? I think a lot of 12 personnel, like you were saying, one running back, two tight ends. Linebackers are going to have to really, you know, they're going to have to, they're going to be in more tighter because you have these t- these tight ends in the box, you know, on both sides. Um, and you're going to see more power run schemes in these kind of situations or maybe more play action off of this kind of personnel. And the linebackers have to be scooted in to the point where, once again, they can play run because you have, you know, two two down tight ends. So you're going to obviously be looking at a, in, in the run game a power scheme. So you got to be inside enough that you can help out and get underneath the tackle, you know, if you need to. Um, But also still, like I said prior, if it is a a pass play, you're going to have to get hands on the tight end and that free safety is going to be walked down a little bit. He's not going to be, you know, he's not going to be at the same depth as the strong safety. The free safety is going to be walked down a little bit and shaded outside of the tight end. And so you can kind of bracket the tight end in that situation when you have the linebacker inside the tight end, inside the box, and your free safety is walked down on the outside of the of the tight end. So now you have him bracketed. You know, wherever he wants to go, it's almost bracketed um, in a sense. And I think a big thing to look at in 12 personnel or any two personnel, you have two tight ends on the field, scrimmage, you can motion him across the formation and really use him to maybe dig out a defensive a defensive end or maybe lead up the hole uh, in a power run scheme. So that's a big thing you have to look at too at linebacker is you got to make, you got to follow and, and for the viewers out there, listeners out there, anytime you see an H back or, or, you know, a, a tight end kind of off the line of scrimmage and you know, it's run play, follow that H back because I guarantee you 90% of the time, he'll tell you where that run play is going to go. If he, if he motions, if he goes across the formation it's likely the running back's going to be following, you know, behind him up the hole. Or like I was saying, it's it's just like Tommy Tremble a couple of years ago. Right. He, they're going to use him to dig out players, follow that H back, and he will take you to the where that run play is going to go 90% of the time. Obviously, you know, there's some plays where they use decoy, maybe a counter where the you know the tight end comes across, but they counter back with the running back. But that that H back is really, you know, two personnel is really going to provide a lot more power running schemes a lot more play action schemes um, and you're going to see, you know, more physical play in, in those kind of personnel. So that I think works really well to Notre Dame's favor because Michael Mayer can catch the ball and yes, he can pass the ball. Um, and when you start running the game, then you're in two personnel and you play action. Now you got two big bodies mis- mismatched against, you know, whoever might be a free safety, a strong safety, a linebacker. It's someone's going to have the advantage when you have two big bodies on the field like that. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. So again, it's like we're going to see so many different personnel groupings, I think, from Tommy Reese in this offense this year. And we've seen some of them out there in practice. Like, you know, we saw just last week, and what kind of got me thinking on this is we saw both Estime and Tyree, not just on the field at the same time, but there were, you know, a handful of times where neither one of them was in the backfield. They were both split out, you know, so It's just, I think that there are, because of how, you know, they're not just going to rely 
on wide receivers in the passing game, some of it by necessity, but also because they have these strengths with these other position groups. I just think that that it it is going to uh, force so many different mismatches like you're talking about for for opposing defenses. And I think that that's going to be especially key in a game like this, Ohio State, to open up the season when, you know, again, like you saw some inklings of what this offense could be, I guess, in the Fiesta Bowl last year. But it's also going to be completely different because you've got completely different personnel in a lot of cases out there. Yeah, having two strong running backs is really going to be something that Notre Dame has to play off of this year in both the run game and the pass game. And we've seen that before in Tommy Reese's offenses. You know, when they have two running backs, he likes to wheel his running backs down the sideline and get one-on-one matchups with linebackers because it's a favorable matchup, especially at the college level. Uh, You know, you have – anytime you can get a running back one-on-one with a linebacker in space, that's – I mean, and and you have the speed – and the catching ability that Tyree does, that's a big, big mm-hmm. mismatch that they need to try to exploit in a game like Ohio State. You got to do everything possible to get, you know, get those extra yards, pick up that first down just to keep the chain moving, keep the clock rolling. So they got to do things to get innovative with their personnel to kind of maybe negate some of maybe, you know, the, the skill that Ohio State has. Last question for you tonight 22 personnel not what i would call a common personnel grouping but again i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna be surprised if we see that at some point what are some possibilities in that grouping and the mismatches that could cause you know that's that's a lot like um 12 personnel but on steroids you're gonna see (laughs) no you got you got two backs in there at that point you got two tight ends at there at that point I mean, that is screaming, you know, power run, physical football. And if you have, you know, two, two, uh, I guess you could say two tight ends that can catch the ball effectively. I, I, the thing I like to think of is, you remember when the Patriots had Rob Gronkowski and uh, Martellus Bennett there for a little bit? That's right. like the optimal 22 personnel. When you have two big tight ends that can catch the ball well, two tight ends that can also block. I mean, yeah, neither of those guys were great, you know, gr- exceptionally great blockers. Uh, but you, you use that personnel when you feel like you can really take advantage of the linebackers. That's something maybe you saw in the first quarter. Um, you're like, hey, you know, these linebackers aren't moving well. They're not, they're not reading run and pass very well. How can we exploit that? Okay, let's put our two big bodies out there and get them in space because it, it's going to be a nightmare matchup for any any linebackers. And then you throw in, you know, two two running backs and um, estimate and, and digs and that that provides even more of a, a a mismatch so i think 22 personnel is a little outdated you don't really see it a lot especially in the nfl um but it, it does have its advantages when you're trying to play physical football and you have tight ends who have the the catching ability uh at, at the same time so i think that also you know from a linebacker perspective again you're going to be in the box uh, and really tight out there. So that, that frees up kind of your wide receivers on the edge to really work, you know, in space against the corners and, and safeties because the linebackers have so much responsibility in the box with the two running backs in the run game and the two tight ends in the pass game. So that really opens things up on the outside if that's the route you want to go. And you can really work some good play action concepts with getting your tight ends and wide receivers in some favorable kind of one-on-one matchups. Excellent. Excellent stuff tonight. <laughs> you earned your keep. You had me on a roll there. <laughs> I know. You were going. You were going. All right. Really, 
really great stuff and some things to think about. You'll you'll be want to re- you'll be researching not you Jesse, but our listeners will be researching this podcast as uh, you know as they think about those different personnel <laughs> groupings. And again, like uh, I've got a you know Vince and I are going to have to come up with a battle plan like how we're going to track you know these these different w- what the personnel looks like out there on any given play. So I think that's be... the most kind of fun part to do is, you know, we could do this pre kind of thing and then the post kind of seeing what comes from those personnels. Cause it's so hard. Cause we can only speculate what their concepts are going to look like right now. Cause you've only seen two practices. They're not going right. to show a lot in those practices, obviously. And so when they really open up the playbook and start going to these different personnel packages, you can really kind of get some tendencies of what they're trying to accomplish uh, in certain personnel packages. So I would be on board with helping you guys out, looking at different personnels. All right. You know, maybe, maybe one of us tracks the, the 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 21 and one tracks the 12. And, you know, just being able to see we have different personnels and we just track, you know, what's going on in those different person, you know, personnel settings. And then the tendencies that come off of those. What is Tommy Reese trying to do concept wise in those different personnels? Sounds good to me. We will uh, be looking forward to it again. We've got nine days, but it's going to be coming very soon. Just great stuff. Tomorrow. Yep, that's right. Great <laughs> stuff as always. I know you've got to get going, so enjoy it as always, and uh, I will talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Don't forget, we've got the new IB Countdown to Kickoff show coming up this Saturday morning. We'll be doing it every Saturday morning, 10 a.m., live on YouTube. And, of course, it'll be up on the podcast platforms afterwards as well. So we've got that coming up. Vince and I will be with you to start the show. Brian Driscoll will be jumping in over the course of the show as well and um so we'll be looking forward to that we'll be kicking it off a little season preview show coming up this saturday morning at 10 o'clock we will talk to you next week thanks for jumping in with us tonight ib nation sports talk Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.